0: Welcome to All Power to the Developing, a podcast of the East Side Institute. I'm Lois Holzman, co-founder and director of the Institute, and I want to tell you where our title comes from. The Institute is a center for social change efforts that reinitiate human and community development. We support, connect, and partner with committed and creative activists, scholars, artists, helpers, and healers all over the world. Way back in 2003, Institute co-founder, the late Fred Newman and I had a paper published with the title, All Power to the Developing. This phrase captures how vital it is for all people to grow, develop, and transform emotionally, socially, and intellectually. If we are to have a shot at creating something positive out of the intense crises we're all experiencing, Our hope is that this podcast series will show you that, far from a slogan, all power to the developing is a loving activity, a pulsing heart in an all too cruel world.
1: Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Carrie Loebman, and I am the leader of education and research at the Eastside Institute and an Associate Professor and Chair of the Department of Learning and Teaching at Rutgers University's Graduate School of Education. And I'm going to be your host for this episode of All Power to the Developing. Today, I'm very, very excited to be speaking with Chantel Burley and Brian Mullen, who are the co-founders of All Stars London, a grassroots community organization using using a performance-based approach to transform the lives of young people in poor communities. All Stars London works with um, young people from London's poorest borough, encouraging them to perform their way to new possibilities they never imagined possibly possible. Um, I've known the work of um, Chantel and Brian and the London All Stars since it began back in 2014 um, because of my own familiarity with the All Stars project here in the United States, um, which as you'll hear a little bit about in a moment was one of the inspirations for the London program So let me tell you a little bit about our guests um, and then we'll get them talking. Um, So Chantelle Burley is the co-organizer and chair of trustees of the London All-Stars. She is a freelance freelance drama educator and storyteller who works with groups of children and young people throughout the UK. She um, received her BA in drama, applied theater and education at the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama and a master's in educational theater and English language arts at New York University. Um, She met the all-stars in New York, the um, US-based all-stars after her studies at NYU, and she was accepted into the Activist for Social Development Fellowship um, in New York City, and later worked as the program coordinator for the talent show in New York. She is currently a youth worker based in the county of Hertfordshire, working with young people with Transitions UK charity and a youth worker at Feltham Young Offenders. She is a director for the Primary Shakespeare Company. She also works as a stage manager and director for Shakespeare Schools Foundation and a drama practitioner for the Challenge Network. And she does all of that um, while, managed, while working with her main passion, the All Stars London. So welcome Chantelle. Thank you. We also have Brian Mullen, who is also the co-organizer and a trustee of All Stars London. Brian is a playwright and dramaturg who has worked, uh, who has a long history of work in grassroots and community-based contexts. He is born in the United States. He worked from 2004 to 2009 with the All Stars Project here in New York City, and helped to build their Youth On Stage program, which is a free theater program for young people. Brian learned about the all-stars revolutionary performance based approach to youth development and has brought it to the UK. Um, In the UK, his work as a writer and dramaturg has been developed and presented at leading venues, including Battersea Arts Center, High Tide Theater Festival, The Orange Tree and Theater 503, where he was a writer in residence in 2015. Um, He has a BA in theater studies from Yale, an MA writing for performance um, from Goldsmiths and was a 2001 Rhodes Scholar. So I am in very, very good company. Um, so welcome, both of you. I'm, I'm very, very pleased to, to be speaking with you. We've done some prep work with this for this, and I think we've got some interesting things to explore. Um, so I wanted to start off. This, this podcast is called All Power to the Developing, Um, and development, as you both know, is at the core of what the Eastside Institute does. Um, We have as our mission developing new approaches to human development um, and social change and have a wide network around the world and really believe that in this moment um, in which so much of the world is in crisis, um, and I'm not just talking about the last eight months, but really several decades, um, that, development both at the human individual level and the community level. And um, we dare say at the species wide level is critical to us um, coming out of those. So that's kind of our focus of this podcast is, is all power to the developing. So I, I wanted to ask the two of you, you both when I read your bio come out of in different ways um, theater backgrounds, right? So performance wasn't new to you Um, when you met each other and when you began this work. Um, But my guess is development wasn't necessarily central in your work. Um, So I thought in telling us a little bit about how you got to be working together and founding the All-Stars London, a little bit about your journey of bringing together performance and development and and what that's looked like. Um, And maybe we could start with you, Chantelle.
2: Yeah, so my, my journey started um, when I went, to, I went to New York to study and I wanted to be a teacher. And um, I was looking for a new work experience. So that's when I found the All Stars just through a Google search. And I was um, given the Fellowship Activist for Social Development Fellowship opportunity. And um, it was through that experience of doing that fellowship that I fell in love with um, the All Stars project. Um, As you say, I do come from a theatre background, but it was only from working at All Stars that I learned how performance can be used as a tool for development. Um, And I I saw that when I was working on the the talent show programme. I I participated in uh, their street outreach, organising work, recruiting performers and i also did fundraising out on the street as well and i think through through those experiences of being out on the street organizing and also doing the fundraising as well um, it was something that was totally out of my comfort zone but i found that you know because i have that theater performance kind of background um, that was really helpful for me to get into those roles of of doing that kind of work although it was definitely uncomfortable for me. And I think through those experiences, I personally developed through the performance that I was doing. So um, I felt that I grew in confidence. You know, I was speaking to strangers and asking for money and it's something that I would never do. I've never done in my life. It was, yeah, totally something new for me. And and as it's something new, I was definitely, I was learning through that new experience. so, yeah, that's kind of that mm. of performance and development, how I learned myself. But then I was really inspired by by the uh, talent show program working in poor communities because that's where I that's where I grew up. I grew up in a poor area mm. called Popular in East London. And um, I just saw the impact that young people had from pu- being in a talent show of the all-stars mm-hmm. and the acceptance of, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of talent that they had, they was accepted into this program and they had the opportunity to develop through their performance, whether that's singing, rapping, dancing. And I was really inspired by that. And I, you know, I spent a lot of time out on the streets in New York and um, in different boroughs out there. And I just thought to myself, I want to bring this performance model, this talent show back to my area because I felt that, you know, young people would really benefit in London in Poplar from this. So that's what I did in, um, in 2014, Um, you
1: know, Can I, can I, I want to ask one question about something you just said, because I think it might be very interesting to our audience. So I'm I'm sorry to interrupt there, but, you said that um, the that young people really benefited you saw when you saw these talent shows by being in this environment of getting up on stage performing and singing dancing in an environment of acceptance and I think many people when they picture a talent show they what the first thing they think about is competition and and that 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 you know young people are coming there to show their talent and to get, Validation and support for their talent and that wasn't really what you described. Could you say a little bit about like sort of what that what that looks like or or what you saw that was developmental and and therefore kind of what you've gone on to work with and create.
2: Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the things that happens when you when I was going out on when we went out on the street and organized for the talent show and recruit performers. A lot of the children, young people, would say, "Okay, what what am I going to win? Like, what's the reward for me being in this?" And I would say to them, "It's not about a competition. You're not going to win anything. You're going to, you know, it's about us coming together as a community and building this show together. There is there is no winner." And um, one of the things that kind of helps with the kind of acceptance environment is that we actually we train the audience as well to to appreciate the performers. So before the show starts, we would um, do like a warm up with the audience. We'll we'll count down and we'll we'll ask them, okay, give your biggest cheer. And everyone will cheer really loud. And we'll say, that's not loud enough. We could do better than that. And we'll kind of like get them really hyped up. And then we say to them, you have to do this and Mm -hmm. keep up this energy for each performer. Right through for for you know for at least an hour, hour and a half. So so yeah, we we kind of um, we 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 create this acceptance through the audience warming up, and also through the performance as well. We tell them on the show on the day of the show that we're here supporting each other. We play games as a way for them to get to know each other in new ways. Um, so yeah, that that's how we how we create that. Mm.
1: So in some ways, the on-the-stage the on the performance is just one piece of the environment that you're creating yeah, um, exactly. to support the development of the young people. Interesting. Exactly, yeah. So, Brian, um, you, as we read, come from a serious theater background, um, not to put down any other kind, but, um, and um, also an environment I think we often think of as both very performatory but not necessarily um, also very cutthroat often, and very focused on the product. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about your journey, not from, because you still do professional theater work, but your journey to discover performance um, in a broader context and as a developmental activity.
3: Yeah, well, I think that Chantel talked about a lot of the keys of of this idea, which is that um, often, we think of performance as something that the actor, the singer, the rapper, the company that's performing a Shakespeare play, whatever, they bring to the audience and the audience kind of passively absorbs it. And um, I think the all-stars approach is to say that like theater um, is one type of performance that's very socially sanctioned. You know, People are actors or whatever they are, professional singers or rappers. And that kind of takes place in this little area the stage, right? Mm-hmm. But actually um, performance is something that that's going on all the time everywhere. And if we can harness that energy to something powerful, then we can all be performing all the time. That's when Chantel is describing when she's saying, we say to the audience, you have an important role here too. We're all creating this environment. So that is an understanding that I think it took me a while to kind of develop, to kind of put the pieces together. Um, I've loved uh, theater since I was a kid and was like one of those people who was like reading all the scripts in the library that you could find and doing every high school play. And then I studied it at Yale. And then I went to um, study Shakespeare as well. So there was, and and, you know, I was very, the the more I, uh, the older I got, the more I was into like socially engaged theater. So I can remember when I discovered the work of Bertolt Brecht and this kind of idea that you write these plays that tell, you know about all the changes that need to happen kind of revolutionary mm-hmm. plays that are gonna change the world. And it just so happened that I'm of the generation that just as I was finishing my studies in college and, and going off to Oxford for my Rhodes scholarship uh, was just as 9-11 was happening. And then the buildup to the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. And I was extremely agitated uh, and hated all that war and the direction that politics was moving at that time. And I thought, well, what can I do? How can I use the skills and the um, Mm. energy that I have as a writer and a performance maker to kind of channel that? And I think, you know, for a while I thought, well, I, I I can write something that will kind of make everybody understand how wrong all these things are and think about justice and all this kind of stuff and that's and that's classic right for a lot of people as they think about how to use theater as a tool for change Mm -hmm. um i think one of the crucial things was that i also when i was in college had been in an improv comedy troupe and this was almost something that i did casually like i did it for three years but you know this idea of of studying improvisation and becoming comfortable doing it that was so so important for later because when i Um, met the all-stars project I thought well I'm just volunteering my theater skills to help with this youth program but actually what I came to realize from the way that they think about performance is that you're not just creating a show or a play because that thing has a message that's going to change people's mind it's actually there's a huge and ongoing activity Mm -hmm. of which theater might be one part so Chantel's talked about Uh, Going out on the street and recruiting people or asking money for fundraising and one of the things that I really valued so much about the way the all stars talked about social change, not through theater but through performance was that you know, that actual performance is happening in every single interaction. Mm-hmm. It's happening in the way that the organization is set up. It's happening in a way that it's funded, in the way that young people are recruited. And this was a kind of big light bulb to me. So I, I spent years working on that in New York. And, you know, right now I live my life kind of on these parallel tracks, which the work that Chantel and I do in London is using performance, and we do lead improv activities and we do things on a stage, but we also do all sorts of activities on streets, in um, community centers, and now online on Zoom. Um, and meanwhile, with my other hat on, I write plays or I lead, you know, viewpoints, workshops, or all kinds of other forms of, of performance that are more sanctioned as kind of like high art. And I kind of shift back and forth mm-hmm. between these and try to influence, you know, the one kind of trying to merge them a little, a little bit more.
1: Yeah, although I I think what I love about that, and my guess is this is true for both of you looking at your resumes and is that the, the, the performance as development work that we're talking about doesn't have to negate any other kind of theatrical and or community organizing kind of work. It's an ad, it's an and, um, and I hear that in both of your stories that you didn't leave anything behind. You took your training as a teacher, Chantal, I'm sure into the work that you did. And Brian, you continue to develop your craft and um, I don't see it as a negation, I see it as a, an and. Um, so you've both mentioned several times and, and I, want, I, I want to get to talking some about what you're talking about creating what I understand to be developmental on environments. You talk about um, the ensemble, you talk about that there's many activities that go into a performance. I want to get there because I think there's a, um, I know in our previous conversations there's several really good stories around that that help people sort of see that. And before we do that, I wanted to ask you um, to, to share a little of what do you do? What does the All Stars London do? What does the cycle look like? What are the activities that you're engaged in? Um, paint us a picture a little bit of what the organization is currently, both was doing before March when we went into lockdown and is currently doing now. You want to start us off, Chantelle? Yeah. um, So, we,
2: when we first started, we were were putting on, we were having, organizing one, one show, one talent show per year. Um, but we, we received uh, funding from the mayor's office, uh, Mayor of London's office um, about two years ago, and which has now funded our work so that we're able to do two talent shows, uh two cycles per year, for for free for the for three for, the, for, three year, for three years of that funding. Um so for a talent show, talent show cycle, um Brian, Brian and I, we would kind of have our meeting we will decide okay when should we have our next show um and we will decide on a date and then we would kind of work our way backwards uh so a cycle would probably be about you know three to four months and then um we would start with you know recruiting who would who would call young leaders and these young leaders are aged between 14 to 20 and they are the young people who kind of helped to produce the show. And we would train them up um, for those for different roles, whether that's emceeing, registering, um, recruiting performers out on the street. Um, so, the fir- in the first instance of a cycle, um, we would focus on recruiting those young leaders, typically from schools. Um, and with this Mayor of London's fund, that fund is to produce is to promote youth volunteerism. Um, so these young people they want to be volunteers and they want to make a positive difference in their communities. Um, so they come on board as young leaders and be part of this committee. Um, and then, Brian, did you want to add something? I can see you there. Did you want to add something?
3: Oh, no, I was uh, what I was going to say was that is a development of what we used to do because it, and it's a it's a great one. And I think it, it highlights kind of the way that we have developed as uh, organizers and as an organization. So in the very early days, Chantel and I, uh, the first talent shows were kind of done in church halls. You know, we had no money um, done in church halls, like particularly in the one in the community where Chantel grew up with a a kind of nun who had been very community uh, minded when Chantelle was a young girl and kind of gave us use of the hall. And in a way, Chantelle and I were, we were everything in that. And uh, eventually we had a sort of small group of volunteers who helped us, but we were introducing the acts. We were out on the street with clipboards, signing people up and the young people that we had tended to be younger, you know, they were sort of like eight, nine, 10. And I think what we realized was if we were gonna grow and really learn this Um, idea that the process is just as important as the product. We needed to set up that system. Mm -hmm. And so, sort of organically, with some of the older young people, as Chantel's saying, who were 14 plus, we created this kind of young leaders system. And I think often they're very surprised in terms of what what leadership means in the All Stars, because um, in those first month or two months of joining the cycle, we're not actually even focusing all that much on the talent show. The talent show is kind of something that comes towards the end of the cycle. Mm-hmm. It's on um, their interpersonal skills, their confidence. Um, they're working together. We introduce them to this idea of the ensemble and how everything that we're doing is part of that performance. Um, we've also, as we've built new relationships with all kinds of people from all walks of life, we may take them one day to a corporate boardroom to meet with some executives and kind of learn about what performance is like in that environment. They, um, upcoming next year, we're hoping that they'll meet an Olivier award-winning actress. You know, they meet academics. They meet people who um, work as engineers in tech or in recording artists and things like that. And what we're trying to do is cultivate this way that they view everything they do as a stage and they can kind of go into one stage and give one performance and another and another. crucial one then being uh when it comes time you know the talent show is x number of weeks away we go out on the street um, with clipboards and this has become like in pre-corona times this was the thing that every young leader had to do go out on teams Mm -hmm. on the street and you know chantelle has mentioned that i've mentioned that from our experience with the all-stars project in the states we find it so valuable and it does tend to freak some of the young people out but then very often, I think you'd agree, Chantel, it becomes the, the moment where there's real transformation. Um, and then of course they're signing up auditioners and then that's leading up to the big event, which is the talent show, where now Chantel and I like to come on at the top of the show and just kind of warm everybody up and introduce everybody. But then increasingly we're trying to take a, mm. a back role as the young leaders bring themselves to the front Mm -hmm. in kind of every role that 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 we're doing
0: yeah
1: what what i hear you both saying which i think as a for me as a developmentalist is so interesting is that what i hear the transition being both in the program and then within the program in any cycle is relating to people as co-creators of the all-stars with you and not consumers of it um, and we live in such a consumer world in which our expectation, even for things that are nonprofits or commu- you know, community organizations is that there's the people who make it and there's the people who partake of it. Um, and what I hear you saying is that for you, development for the organization and development for the young people and perhaps development for you has come from shifting that gaze to the process of co-creating and owning something. Um, And then what I hear from the street part and then giving it away, right? So the young people take ownership of it and then their job in some way is to give it away and organize the next grouping of people who are going to co-create it. Um, Does that that speak to you? Does that? um, Yeah, absolutely. It's co-creation on all levels. (laughs)
2: Right,
3: right, and it gives uh, it gives a special flavor to what we're doing because, in a certain way, what we're doing is not it doesn't it might not appear that different from other youth programs that mm-hmm. are kind of all over the place where um, I don't know they're offering young people workshops or mentorships or lessons in singing or who knows what and I'm sure all those youth programs are great but what we're emphasizing is this idea of, of the ensemble organizing itself. And it's a challenge. It's a challenge for us to kind of always remind ourselves that this is why we're doing it and a challenge for the young people. But I think um, there's a story that I'm sure she had tell kid could tell us because she I'm gonna was I'm wondering. gonna
1: pause you there, Brian. Hold your story because <laughs> I was just gonna ask you for the stories. Um, but let's take let's take a short break and then really what I think people could benefit from is hearing some examples of the kind of development that you see and have seen. Um, So let's take a brief break here.
3: The East Side Institute is a hub for a diverse and emergent community of social activists, thought leaders and practitioners who are reigniting our human abilities to imagine, create and perform beyond ourselves to develop. Each episode will introduce you to another performance activist or play revolutionary from around the world. The Institute is independent of government and corporate foundations. Our work is entirely funded by students and supporters. If you would like to help the Institute expand its developmental work, please make a contribution by going to eastsideinstitute.org
0: and click the Get Involved tab, where you can make a donation. Thanks. And now, back to our conversation. Well, welcome
1: back everybody. So I, I think right before the break, we were, um, on the edge of our seats about to kind of dive into what I think are some concrete examples of the kind of development we're talking about, right? So we've been talking about this broadening of our understanding of performance to be both on the stage and off the stage, um, and the ways in which people co-create that. And so, um, I was hoping maybe we could share some some ways in which you've seen that in your work with young people.
2: Yeah, um, I can think of one example. Um, So one of our young leaders, um, 16 years old, she, she she, her name is Jess. And she, um, we came in contact with her through her escorting her sister to one of our trainings, so she was there just to like bring, like kind of like babysit not babysit, but bring her sister to this training.
1: Why? Um, why was she? Why did she feel the need to do that if she wasn't? Um, her sister was going through some like
2: um, difficulties of bullying, and mm. you know, I think she was getting into some trouble in the area. Um, so that training was actually popular where I where I grew up. So um, I can totally understand, like, why she had to be escorted. Um, You know, she was obviously scared. And, you know, Jess felt she had to protect her and be there for her and bring her to this training. So she came and, you know, she she wasn't supposed to stay. She was just supposed to drop her off and leave. But she ended up staying in this training. And then she ended up, you know, being taking part in the activities that we were doing in the training and staying and you know jess then ended up being a young leader Um, she stayed on the program and she was in she did all the outreaches the street outreaches and she was she became a committed and dedicated young leader who was very passionate became very passionate about all stars more so than the sister that she brought (laughs) in the first place. So so yeah, it was it was very funny. And um and you know, I could just think of one thing, but one example of Jess and her work in that um in the talent show, there was a during the interval, there was a mother who who had who I had met and she spoke to me and she said to me, you know, that this young leader this volunteer Jess we met her on the street and if it wasn't for Jess um, my daughter would not be in this show I was so impressed by how she came up to me on the street and how she explained the program and how she signed up my daughter and how she got along with my daughter like I'm just so overwhelmed by her that I have to let you know about her that she's amazing so I thought, I said, you know what, what you just told me in this interval, can you please share this with everybody else in the, in the, in the show when we go back? And she was like, yeah, totally. So, um, so she, you know, she stood on the stage and she like shared exactly the same thing she said to me. But the interesting thing is, is that what I really loved was that this mother, she was totally different to Jess. She's like Muslim, you know, she had the hijab on and um you know Jess is a white young you know young white girl and if it wasn't for like, I just think to myself if it wasn't for the that experience of that street outreach mm. those two people would have never met they would have never spoken but because of the outreach that we did they were able to to meet and that that's the most amazing thing that's what I really love about All Stars that it brings people together who would not normally come together and um yeah so so the mother was like just speaking about Jess on the stage um, and it was just amazing to see.
1: Chantelle is that um is that kind of mixing unusual in Poplar like what's the what's the makeup of that community what's I know in in the United States there's so many communities now that are completely segregated from each other even though they're right next door you've got communities of African-American Black people Jewish people like there. And then you also have communities where there's a lot of gentrification going on and where people are mixed geographically, but completely isolated often from each other socially. So what's what's, the, what's it like in Poplar that made this seem unusual to you?
2: Um, Poplar is diverse, but there are communities within Poplar that kind of stick together. So you have the whites community, you have that maybe the black community, then you have the Bangladeshi Pakistani community. Um, it's, it's diverse but separated. Uh-huh. Um, so you wouldn't usually get people mixing in that way. So you know the reason why I did you did say about the mother and in and the Muslim and her being Muslim and from a different background to jazz is because it is unusual to have those two cultures mixing. Um, yeah. And, and popular is a, is, is a poor area. It's, it's a, such a strange area because, you know, w- in, where I grew up, the building that I grew up in, I could see like a very wealthy area called Canary Wharf. And so you had the wealth, you had mm-hmm. the poor, you had the different cultures who didn't mix together. Um, it's a very interesting uh, place to grow up in.
3: And, and I'll add that as a middle-class white American, you know, person having moved over to London, um, I'm sort of like trying to map and understand kind of what the social geography of this, of this new place is. And it was really because I came over and someone from back in New York was like, Hey, this person named Chantel wants to start all stars in New York called me up and I, I'd worked for All Stars for however many years there. And then I came over to do my master's degree in playwriting. Chantelle had been working while I was gone and then we joined together. I think it's interesting because I'm not sure that as a kind of theater person, uh, kind of having moved to London, I would ever have any occasion to go to Poplar. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as I did and Chantelle and I started doing the organizing work that started All Stars, I thought um, this is actually the, the place where we need to be doing this work because as Chantel is saying, um, Canary Wharf is the financial center of New York, uh, sorry, of London, where HSBC and Citibank and, and Barclays have these kind of glass towers. And I mean, just to picture the starkness of it, they're there, there's a train track that's called the Dockland Site Railway. And then opposite it is literally the um, council estate uh, where Chantel grew up, the public housing where Chantel grew up. So it's this kind of stark, representation of how people can live Mm -hmm. right next to each other and not be connected and I remember when we were doing our first talent show um you know a lot of the people that we were coming into contact with when we were recruiting the performers at the beginning were people who knew Chantal and knew her mother and knew her sisters and they were really pleased when we like knocked on on their doors to say oh we're back and doing something and then they look at me and think and who's this guy (laughs) you know (laughs) but that's really what I think all stars is all about and we we've carried that on Um, we always say that we want the young people to view any place that they go as their stage right Mm -hmm. so they may have the performances that they're used to in poplar or maybe the performances that they're used to in their kind of community even within poplar and it's just the idea of kind of getting them to um, feel that they can enter any space and if it's if you view it as a stage they can give whatever kind of performance they want so you know as we've started now taking them out of East London and bringing them into Central London or doing that now through Zoom I feel like we, we call it uh, bridge building right because we're trying to like just be that bridge that brings those different people together.
2: Mm. And, I, and I would just say that you know I remember I just, I just remembered something when we, when we did our first bridge building um, activities I remember, you know, what, one of the trips that we went on was to a place called London Bridge, which is literally only like 20 or 25 minutes on the Tube from Poplar to London Bridge. And I remember when we got out of the train, we were going to the, to the theatre, when we got out of the train station, one of the young people said, this seems like so far from mm. home. I've never been in this area before. it was it just blew my mind because it's not far at all it's only like 20 minutes away
3: and in kind of like a little circle of irony that is where city hall and the mayor's office is and that's ended up being one of the ways that we've Mm. um, been able to expand but it's true it was in many ways i think that was an example if we were coming there to do a workshop with a theater person and this and that but in many ways the the experience of just getting together and going and taking that journey together was maybe the most impactful experience for, for that group when they talked
1: well, about it. And, well, and what's so interesting to me is you started, Brian, by talking about the impact on you of going to a neighborhood you had never been before. Um, exactly.
3: And, and we have had, you know, I think it's interesting because when you're running a nonprofit or a charity, there are, you know, sort of well-meaning people who have money or connections who want to like volunteer that time or donate that money. And every time we would, if we could at all make it happen, We try to get them to come to the talent show in Poplar Mm. and it's always an incredible experience. I can think about like when we had uh, an executive from Ernst & Young (laughs) coming down to this community centre in Poplar and feeling the energy there or some of our trustees to really, um, that's what we're constantly trying to do is kind of get that environment created by everybody there and everybody feeling like they're part of that ensemble.
2: Because we're all developing, you know, you know not just the young people the, the yeah, everyone's developing
3: well and exactly and Chantelle and I are developing every day as yeah. because I think you know one of the things that we always say that we the organization keeps growing and having to adapt and change so all the skills that we're suggesting to the young people that you have to say yes and to things we're having to do that too you know we I think it's fair to say Chantelle and I know how to do youth work so we know how to lead workshops and run a town show, we could kind of do that easily. What's challenging and scary is thinking about how are we growing this organization? Mm -hmm. How are we going to meet with new people who can be supporters and help help it to grow by by giving us um, support and money and donations? And also, how can we just keep constantly revolutionizing and developing to respond to things like the pandemic or Mm -hmm. new opportunities that come our way? So we are, and I think sometimes we share that with the young people because Mm -hmm. they're often used to as you were saying earlier, Carrie, they're used to um, kind of programs providing them with a service, right? Mm -hmm. And what we're kind of saying is yes, we're an organization and we're developed as a charity and we have to raise money to support what we do but we really are a movement. I think there's something really impactful that Chantel has started saying Um, in the workshops. Do you know what I'm talking about, Chantel? There's an amazing phrase that the minute she said it is electric. I'm going to let her say it, but (laughs) you have to understand that, like, there's always a moment in every kind of talent show cycle where the young people think, oh, I've come here because it's going to be, like, good for my university application or I kind of, my teacher suggested I do this, and then we start saying, well, you're going to go out on the street and talk to people and sign people up for things, and people get very kind, some of them get reactive and confused about about why we're doing this and this is where we kind of start to shift their thinking away from we're giving mm. you a service to this is a movement and there's an amazing yeah. phrase that that chantelle will say
2: yeah because I, I, I agree with what you're saying brian and like usually when they come to the training they kind of just sit there and kind of expect to receive and like. Okay, what am I going to get out of this from being part of this program? But actually, we're kind of turning it around and saying, no, what are you going to give? So we tend to always have like political conversations with them. We talk to them about current issues. We want to hear their voices. And I say to them, you know what? You guys are all sitting in this circle. But, you know, there's a lot of power in this room. And what are we going to do with this power that we have? And then they kind of like shift in their seats and think, oh, okay, this is different to um, uh, youth youth organization
1: that we've had before that's yeah. amazing i mean that i think that is what we were talking about before um about to me where power and this as we've said this this podcast is called all power to the developing and one of our discoveries and i think you're articulating it is that the power lies in the activity of building the group the ensemble yeah. the organization the talent show that building of that is where our power as people lies it's not given to us um by being from above or by being a part of a certain identity or individually but it is built it is created and that's what i hear you describing um i and, wonder if you I, could see, oh sorry go ahead brian
3: well, I was gonna tell another story that seemed appropriate for let's where tell, we were let's
1: at. Let's tell us one more story and then I do wanna hear a little bit about what you've been doing during this period. You know, you've alluded yeah, sure. a little bit.
3: So I just sort of to bring it full circle, when, when, when we're talking about the power in the room, I think whoa, it's, it's everybody starting to, what we're trying to do is get everybody to understand we're all responsible collectively for the development of the group. Mm-hmm. And there was kind of no experience that um, brought that home better then in one of our talent shows, maybe two talent shows ago, um, with a young woman called Alexia, who had quite a lot of social anxiety. It was amazing that she wanted to be in the talent show, but in many ways, it was clear that in, in other kinds of programs or other kinds of groups, she might be someone who was ostracized, who was kind of um, extremely, was kind of nervous around people, but she wanted to sing and she wanted to sing this song. And, you know, she came out on the stage, ready to sing, the music played, and she just kept not being able to carry on. You couldn't remember the lyrics. Kept stopping. And I think in a lot of in a lot of situations that would be a kind of thing that had to kind of like it would all have collapsed. And one of the things that I think we all looked to each other, and one of our volunteers, um, Elena, who is um, a, a drama therapist and a psychologist who's also versed in this kind of technique, together we had a little powwow, and we were like. Well, Elena, do you want to go up there just to kind of help Alexia to kind of be there with her, but also let's turn to the audience. Let's turn to the group. Let's turn to all the young leaders to kind of say this isn't Alexia's responsibility alone for her to like get through this performance. It's all of our responsibility. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we said that to the to the young leaders who were sitting in the audience who gave her huge cheers and also to the whole crowd. We said, do we want to see Alexia do this? Can we, can we help her? Can we support her? Can we make the environment that will allow that to happen? And she did get through the song. In fact, it was, took about three tries. And then I remember at one point I said, okay, Alexia, we're all rooting for you, but this is the last time we have the time to do this. And then she clicked, she did it. And then she wouldn't stop singing. <laughs> but I think like everyone who was in that room it gets back to your question, Carrie, about the competition thing. Everybody knew from that moment in time, this is not about which of these young people are the best singers because some of them are great singers and they're amazing um, or rappers or dancers. But this is about this whole kind of collective experience that's literally all of us contributing to, to growth and development that we're, we're kind of seeing uh, mm-hmm. right in front of our eyes.
1: I, I was thinking that um, one of the, the sort of, I don't know, tenets of social therapeutics, the approach developed here at the Institute, is this idea of radical acceptance and creating environments for people to do things they don't know how to do, and that those two things are inseparable. And that story really, to me, is a complete radical acceptance of Alexia and where she's at and not expecting or needing her to get her act together, if you will creating an appreciative, supportive environment in which then there's a demand that she take a risk. And she doesn't have to, she could not, she could not, but that thing of saying, um, okay, you know, and and her being able to step up to that, I think is a lot of what I'm so inspired by about the work that you do, but also the work that people like you um, are doing all over the world in terms of using performance to support people to go beyond themselves, be who they are, and who they're not. So I, I really appreciate that story. Um, I would like to hear Chantal just briefly. How are you doing? This. It sounds like it's such a person-to-person, you know, meet in the street, get up on stage. You know, we're not doing those things right now. Um, so uh, what, what have you been doing? Give us a brief, a brief summary of what you've been doing.
2: Yeah, we, we were in the middle of a. We were in the middle of a of a street outreach with the young leaders and it was going really well and then the pandemic hit hit and lockdown hit so we thought what are we going to do I know let's we know let's just put it on virtual let's go on zoom and just have sessions on there we can still do a talent show you know it's going to be great and um and we did so our last show we, it was a virtual talent show cycle and um we're preparing for another one which is going to be on March 20th um, and we have uh, virtual sessions lined up so one of the things of going virtual the advantage of that is that we're able to have young people from all over come and be part Mm -hmm. of the cycle Mm -hmm. and also the other benefit is that we're able to partner with different companies as well so for the last show we had um, Google offer um training sessions on marketing and advertising and engineering with the young leaders so they were able to learn these new skills and we teamed up with um an architecture firm in new york and Mm. and um it was you know it was great we teamed up with a music um musician uh called juan and and that was great and all these people in different locations were able to connect um even though we weren't you know weren't able to meet face to face so you grew your ensemble. Exactly.
1: <laughs>
3: and and I'd also say that it was, strangely, it was one of the most political shows um, mm. that we've had in the sense that, you know, all the young people, we, we got record numbers of young leaders joining our virtual show. And in many ways, because uh, schools were shut down in the summer, uh, last this past summer, they were a lot of them quite isolated, hungry for things to do, and also really passionate about what was going on in the world. Yeah. The situation with Corona, um, but also with the protests around Black Lives Matter. And in many ways, the Zoom space that we, we had a lot more trainings. We had a training every Wednesday and every Saturday. It became a real space where um, people could express themselves, express, express their minds. They wrote kind of collective statements, collective poems, and then individual poems and videos. Mm. So although we couldn't go out on the streets, their way of organizing was to make these kind of very personal, you know, videos that they made on TikTok or we shared on Instagram right. to kind of promote this thing. But they had a lot more of the young people's voices. And then when we did the, the actual talent show live streamed, I think it was like eight of them became the hosts. And this again was advancing this idea yeah. that of course, Chantel and I were behind the scenes kind of giving them support to make this happen. But they were literally the faces of this to hundreds more people than mm. would have seen it in a in a community hall in Newham, which is right. where we were wanting, which is one of the boroughs actually that has been the most affected by COVID in all of the UK. The very mm. borough where we were doing our outreach had some of the highest rates in the mm. early days of the pandemic.
1: Interesting. I, I just, the last thing you said, it just seemed so important to me that, that you're training, if you will, a generation of young people in, a ensemble approach to community building, build the group. And then I was thinking of the intersection of that with the upsurge of social movements that are happening, bringing that kind of perspective into other kinds of social change movements, having these young people who know how to look and see, oh, we need to build the environment where this group could be powerful. Um, I just, that makes makes me feel very hopeful and inspired. Um, And I hadn't thought about that aspect till you just said that Brian of like the coming together this summer of what we've seen which is an upsurge of performance and creative approaches to the problems facing the world side by side with an upsurge of such needed traditional social change movements and an outcry of outrage about how things are going and the bringing of those two things together in the form of the young people you're working with is, is a very interesting, very interesting thing. Um, so how do you, um, you've said a little bit that you have this grant from, um, the city of London. Um, how else do you find yourself and can people listening to this be of help to you either with that or with other kinds of volunteer opportunities?
3: Our, our first funding was definitely all through individual donation. That was even before we were registered as a charity. We're now a registered UK charity, which has, you know, uh given us an uptick in people who wanted to fund because obviously we're approved and accredited Mm -hmm. and all that and they you know a lot of people look to um, find somewhere to donate but we we get um donations large and small some of them are from kind of wealthy individuals or we've gotten some from some of the companies that we partner with um we've made a big deal of this mayor's funding but it's actually going to be running out in um (laughs) (laughs) in about a year which is part
1: of why i asked
3: (laughs) and it has been incredibly helpful i think it also just it just demonstrates a degree of support that we've got from kind of institutions but to be honest even when we got that funding it was with the stipulation that we had to to match that funding from other sources which we've done um through uh our just giving page and through uh kind of Direct donations from folks that we've solicited, but that's that's honestly the role that Chantel and I are still needing to grow into, which is being able to do that improvisation of kind of asking and uh, for that kind of support, and hopefully people say yes and. But uh, if well, anybody, well, wants
1: wait, to- wait, let and I, why oh. don't you both ask right now? <laughs> do, do a do a rehearsal for us, and then we'll uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll call it a day.
3: Well, we definitely need to re- to to fund one year of the work that we're doing right now, we need to operate with at least 20,000 pounds. So uh, we talk about people joining our founder circle, which is anybody who's given us um, over a thousand pounds. If there's anybody who's got that there, we would be more than excited to talk to them. Um, But obviously we've had people who've given at all levels. So you can find that donation button on our website. Chantel, the website is? allstarslondon.org allstarslondon.org and you know many times people may not be able to give financially but we always have this incredible um, spontaneous giving of connections Mm -hmm. so if you know as Chantel said we had um, a New York architecture firm lead a session with us we've had someone contact us recently from Abbey Road Studios Mm -hmm. where the uh, Beatles did their album so we might be doing a session on like music recording in the world of zoom wherever you are we can find a link so if you think that the expertise or the work that you do might be of interest to some of the young leaders in london uh you can get in touch with us at allstarslondon at gmail.com or through the website
1: and i just want to in in the in the spirit of the all stars give great appreciation to that performance of asking from both of you thank you you. and um and thank you both so much for doing this i've really enjoyed the conversation and i um look forward to seeing where you go as we um hopefully come out of this lockdown at some point this coming year thank you
2: thank you carrie